0: I got some sound. The birds. I can hear the birds. And
1: you're alive now. Your volume is right above the headphone switch that we have it plugged in.
2: Testing, testing. So two, three,
1: four. Those are the, that's the gain knobs, and then you have the volume. You see what we're plugged this into? This one. Mm-hmm. Right here. Correct. So this is the volume. It's just volume, there you go. So now you can hear it nicely. But the levels are good because um, over here. And now what I would do is I would zoom in on the logic track to um, so see you can the see. See form. Now Ozzy, remember, he's got to talk into the mic. Right here. Very low. Um. Now zoom in like on vertically. So you can actually see your waveform. It's on the right side, In the top little sliders.
0: Uh, oh, here I see it.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Um, it's not that low. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's better this than the other way. All right. Um, the ma- I was listening to the podcast the previous time that we did it. Yeah. And it was just like last time. I every time I heard Aussie was like this. And it's so different to have a present voice. You need to have it here. Yeah, and if you want to turn us up, you can turn us up on. Just turn up two, three, and four, just by a little bit. Yeah, I'll just do a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm on two. You can sort of hear it. Testing, testing. Aussie's on three. Aussie. Wh- hello, hello, hello. Testing, testing. That's pretty good. Yeah, excellent.
0: And what about me over here? <laughs> I'm probably the lowest. That's pretty good.
1: So, all I right. D- I the re- we all are wearing digital watches now, and. We need to synchronize yours to the same seconds as ours. Um, I like the idea of us making an art form out of being, starting things exactly in the moment that we say we're going to start them. Stepping out the door exactly in the moment that we say we're going to do it. And practicing the precision of punctuality. Because once you're punctual, you become much more relaxed, I think. Right? I think when you trust that everybody else is also going to be on time, it takes a lot of lifting off of your shoulders.
0: And it allows you to uh, to plan whatever you're trying to do actually to that time.
1: So, what you also have access to, because we have the headphones, is that you can put music or, like, soundscapes on, mm. and it won't affect the recording.
0: It won't affect the recording. Because it's
1: in the headphones. Uh, very nice. So, yeah, like, it can you can bring us into a shared so space, you know? Curate. So, this is a special edition of uh, You're Alive Now, because... Uh, I've been asked to address uh, the next generation and um I need to offer some words of words that they'll remember. And so we're using this opportunity to uh, well let's just take it, take it like it is. I need to make a graduation speech. And today we're going to be brainstorming what that speech could be. And because today at four p.m. um for the viewers, it is now 11:30 a.m. Um today at four p.m. I need to be presenting the speech the uh, speech the bitch. Um, to people, and if I uh, succeed and they choose me, then I will be addressing um, you know, the upper echelons of this country, including the king, and um, my sister, your sister, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hayat's sister. Is she? Gr- is she also graduating?
0: Hayat's yeah. brother.
1: Yeah, is he also graduating? Yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, so I got some useful sort of tips. Yeah, bring us into some kind of soundscape. Yeah. <coughs> you know, because you can also <laughs> put it that w- we're all like two notches deeper of our voices, <laughs> and then you know what I'm saying. Like you have that option, uh, but you have to stop recording to do it. But I can tell you how to do it. But once you have already turned it on, then you don't have to stop recording it anymore. It's like when you already have the plugin on the track. Um, you can turn it on or off while recording. But applying a new plugin on the track, you have to do while you're not recording. Like, you can have the pitch shifter here in Logic, which will t- turn us all down whatever amount of pitches. And suddenly, I, I actually think it might be worth doing. It'd be pretty funny. Um, we'll see if that changes how seriously we take ourselves.
0: I love opening YouTube and finding, like, the generic YouTube channel homepage and seeing what I- is on. So right here is... This will shock everyone. This is what King Abdullah II, uh, uh, the son of Hussein, will do during his daughter's wedding. And then it's just like... This is shocking. And then Surah Al-Baqarah, the Sheikh reading. And there's
1: a headphones.
0: Uh, This one, right?
1: We are listening to the headphones right now. Uh, Is there a level to the headphones? We are all listening to the level of the headphones. So what you can compensate with is to reduce YouTube volume, increase logic volume. These are all the ways you can negotiate with their circumstance. Because this is a little bit too loud, right? Yeah. So you can, at the top right, you have a fader that you can turn up so that... The everything that comes out of Logic just has a higher amount of volume.
0: Where's the fader?
1: You know what a fader is? No. Slider. Ah. Uh. And so now, like, you wouldn't be hearing us very much because you've turned us down a lot. What about now? Um I mean you you like we're our volume is about forty percent lower. Like you can't bring YouTube lower?
0: No, this is the lowest. So I'll just change. Can also do I'll be
1: back in a second.
0: yeah i I always find it to be good it it never fails birds do you have any favorite birds?
2: My favorite bird, <coughs> beauty-wise, is a kingfisher. Can you tell me more about the kingfisher? It's just ex- incredibly exciting to see a kingfisher. As the name suggests, they always fly along rivers, and you just see like this massive, bright flash of blue. Because that's so fast. That must be th- exhilarating. It is. A kingfisher is awesome to see.
1: I feel like we've reached a point in our life when... Um, we're starting to talk about birds. There's just a... Uh, look, as a young man, you look at older men who look at birds and you think, that's an older man thing. And then naturally, you begin to sort of fit that shape. There's just that thing about there's, there's the rarity of of seeing cool birds that makes it valuable to do so. You know, also the fact that you're dealing with nature, You so you're dealing with something you truly have no control over. You cannot control the birds. I mean, maybe a little bit, but you can't control the birds. And it's, so it's like treasure hunting, you know? Collecting. It appeals to all those things that men are appealed to. Like men love... Like uh, when men collect things... Okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I was going to this place called the high class in Barcelona. Um, You can imagine what the high class... Uh, what the nature of the establishment is. And the high class um, was... I would just go there every day to write I was in a kind of a rough place in my life and um, he passed me the green journal that's over there thank you and so every day the same people were at the high class more or less um, and I started just like kind of talking to everybody I realized it was that environment where you could just talk to people so there's this one guy I met who was a spitting embodiment of a guy I already knew down to the way that he smoked. It's just the same guy, but he was Welsh instead of an American. And I uh, I spoke, he, w- he would end almost every sentence with, if you will. <laughs> and he was bald, wore glasses, uh, but dressed as though he was a, a street comic book. Like all his sh- sweaters were very loud patterns. And he started describing to me how it's like. uh, He he likes to collect things, you know, Um, but then. I knew that fact, and there was a couple Spanish guys that we went to sit with, and here's a guy who's like. (sighs) He's got his hair black, greased back, Um, and he's got this kind of nervous smile, but kind of masculine in his energy, you know. And he looks. I've got these sandals on, you know, and he's like, "What's going on with the shoes?" I said, I don't know, I like my sandals. And he shows me he's got this Air Jordans. You know, he's got this fine Air Jordans. And somehow he starts describing to me. He's like, I have three hundred of these. And I think, Well, what do you mean? What do you mean you have three hundred of these? He's like, Yeah, I have three hundred pairs of Air Jordans. That was what it was. Um, this guy, he's called L Elliot. He um he collects sneakers and I- the way he tries to make... Se- he clearly doesn't seem financially pressured because he doesn't seem like he has any pressure on him in any way whatsoever. Um, he has an a Instagram account where he like talks about sneakers.
0: I just realized that both of you are shirtless and I must be shirtless. Then.
1: It's, I think it's good that the audience know this fact now.
2: And shoeless.
1: And shoeless and actually just wearing black pants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and wearing digital clock swatches.
1: <laughs> and wearing headphones from the same brand. Um, maybe we need to make sure Pan, like, we need to have a fourth set of these. We need it. You have to listen to sound the same way through. Um, maybe you can get from Taiwan. I think things are expensive there, though, man. Maybe we can find here in Jordan.
0: I wonder how it is in Taiwan. It's, uh, tropical weather, but it's a city. It's a huge city. It's bustling. Everything, and there's really dark greenery, like it's not as light as here, you know, so just everything is in Chinese, Cantonese.
1: So, L he reviews sneakers, and if you will, the sneakers are of a variety of kinds of, there are various things to look into when you're looking at sneakers, so he starts bonding with this guy with the hair back about uh, the sneakers and they both bond over the fact that they collect a whole bunch of sneakers. And then um I, I don't know how the conversation got to it, but this guy with that like look in his eyes, he's like, um I also have t shirts. What do you mean t shirts? I have a thousand t shirts. <laughs> I said, wait, 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 what do you mean you have a thousand? I collect t shirts, you know, specific kinds of t shirts. He collects specific kinds of t shirts. I said, Well what else do you collect? He's like What? Uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I said to the guys next to him, you guys know that this guy collects, has a thousand teachers? Like, yeah, yeah, man, that's normal. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's like, well, what else, what else do you have? Um, God, if I could only remember, you know, I, p- I reckon I would have written, um, this is, ba- this journal is basically all the high class <laughs> stuff when I was at the high class. Um, let me see. Basically, so I, I, I'm sure, yeah, the high class, uh, Dope my dopamine fast, oh, dopamine fast, we should do that for one day, just journal all day long. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> uh, that's what I did for this day. Anyway, so this guy, oh, it reaches the point where he tells me that he collects s- store mannequins and that he has a house that's specifically for the storage of his things watches uh, t-shirts sneakers uh, jackets certain memorabilia from certain television shows uh i couldn't even i couldn't even really begin to understand like what the hell everything and i was like i started explaining like asking like what are you you talking about is this like is this normal (laughs) and he said well you know there's a lot of collectors um and that's a whole community of people who collect stuff Actually, it's not this book that's all the high class. It's another green one. But still, anyway, I, I'm sure I wrote it down because it was like, it was so good. It was so beyond any remote, reasonable belief of like, it, it, it was so clear that this completely controlled his life. It was a whole problem. Like he has so many things that he's like, I don't know how to stop. Uh, he legitimately said to me like, oh, it's compulsive. What are you What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Who the fuck has a thousand T-shirts? <laughs> How's that not compulsive? It's a he way of life. He has store mannequins. It, you know? He literally has store mannequins, and he's like, I like to like take my clothes and dress them up and try them in different ways and, and just like see them all. Feels good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he
2: buying and selling these, or is he no? just, just like
1: he's like I can't I can't sell them. Nobody I can't fucking sell them because like I don't know which ones to sell. It's like, dude, but you've got like three and like L's like, yeah, man, I've got four hundred pairs of kicks. Um, and I don't know how to sell them if you will and I won't know which ones to choose <laughs> he'll say because I love them all I said well c- could you is that a commercial <laughs> don't open in incognito mode man <laughs> look how much of an interruption <laughs> <This is> the <laughs> commercials are <laughs>
0: <laughs> where is that coming from <laughs> <laughs>
1: commercials just here I'm going to say something for anybody who's in the marketing industry Um, if you can manage to make your commercial not feel like an interruption for what it is that you're selling, people might be more uh, appreciative of your product. But if you are putting a big, heavy beat on a video that is the sound of birds chirping, (laughs) that's just cruelty.
0: (laughs) It is the opposite of what you're looking for. Therefore, you're going to hate it. That
1: association is going to be negative. Automatically, I hate what you're selling me. I don't care if it's the cure for cancer. I hate that you interrupted my... Peace. I love this. You know, we know it would be great. You ever see this YouTube channel that's like videos for cats? Never. Imagine this. Um, Somebody puts a camera out and puts a whole bunch of little bird feed right in front of the camera. Somewhere out in nature and just leaves it alone. And so birds come and just like just constantly come and eat. And then cats are fucking captivated. Because it's just birds and the cats will just like sit there and watch the screen for hours. (laughs)
0: Imagine like the thing that gives them the most. You know, like you can call it dopamine. If Dude, you want. how
1: could you stimulate cats with the TV? Well, the same way you stimulate <laughs> humans. You just figure out the thing that stimulates them. <laughs> we used to do it for Moses, man. Whenever we'd leave, I would put on the cat TV, and he just would come back and he's sitting there watching what? cat TV. Are you
2: serious, man? That's.
1: <laughs> you can find it anywhere, man. It's all available on YouTube.
2: What
0: is the cat TV, man? We have. We have 3 cats, man, <laughs> and they're all like you have to always
1: you got to give them <laughs> stimulation. <laughs> and you know what's best? Do it on a projector so that when they jump up on the TV, they're not going to scratch it. <laughs> they're just going to be going against the wall. You know? You, you know what would be like the most OG thing you could do? Come up with like a a scratching pole, a, a scratching wall that also doubles as a screen to project on. So the cats can like jump up on it, like dig themselves into it. That's a creative idea for cat owners, you know, and I could do anything with the cat, but look at this
0: <laughs> is it just is it just uh this like that's all it is,
1: man. Cats don't need you to cut it, they don't get it when you cut it, you know what I'm saying like the cats just need to look at this, oh, because it's just like potentiality that caught co- a bird
0: it's really exciting, just like you you know <laughs> just like a second.
1: That's probably also what makes birds so... So colorful too. They're so elusive. They disappear immediately. Like you have so little time to look at them. I can see why so many men become bird photographers because you get to save the birds. Yeah. It's like the most fleeting moment. So here's the thing that I actually thought was the most interesting in that whole experience with that guy. I realized I'm actually no different. I realized that all men, I think, have this innate desire to collect in one way or another. It must come, like, evolutionarily from the place of, like, let me st- uh, let me stockpile, um, right? But evolution didn't plan that there was something, like, rewarding about the different ways in which you can collect things, right? It's just, like, evolution plugged, p- produced a bunch of things, like systems. They didn't realize the different ways those systems could interact with each other, right? They didn't expect to to have sneakers that you could collect, you know what I'm saying? But I'm no different, if I look at my life, I'm like, the way I write in the page is, a f- is an expression of my desire for collection. I I like... The uniformity what, of one thing. What exactly. The collection... Uh, be Like Water is another form of that. A, in the collecting of multiple videos. B, in the collecting of the whole frame. Every edge. So what it says is, I'm looking for the uniformity, a consistency. I'd like to see that there are rules in this world that can be replicated. By doing the thing over and over again, like I have my collection of photos, right? The thing is, I understood that there's a trade-off between... Um, the, the, the value you get for connection and the way it owns you. So if you look at like the body of work I have for my company on the website, it's a collection that's really satisfying to behold as a collection, but it weighs nothing on me. It in fact lightens me because it does work for me. But it's videos that have passed. But if I have 200 pairs of shoes, it's weight. That's a problem man. And so like uh, you have to somehow just choose your battles. So I have collections of photos, I have collections of books. I love to see like I kind of I always love to look at like ooh that one's full, that one's full. I like to see them next to each other. I like to see everything like put together in a way that, that has order. And so like oh what about a video itself? It's like a collection of moments and ideas that are put together in a way that look just right. Like there's one line that travels between it. It's not like goes here and here. It's literally like you're drawing that line and the video is that line. And so I'm no better. I'm just, um, I expressed it in a healthier way rather than denying it. It's the same thing with men photographing birds. It's exactly the same. The Think of the dopamine that you get from like catching that bird that you only saw for half a second. <laughs> you're like, you're fucking, you're a, you're a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah, it's the sniper, man. <laughs> yeah. It's the snipers <laughs> of get the photography be a sniper. You want to You want to like uh, make men feel really, I mean, it's <laughs> a really funny <laughs> yeah, thing. D- design a camera that holds in a way like, that's like it's yeah, like a sniper, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you that you're feel shooting the guns. The
0: distance, that, like, the speed at which that thing is going. Like, if you f- can feel that, which is like what they do, right? The Nikon, like, the big shutters, like, that's pretty, like, really but, satisfying.
1: But you see that, like, the, the way cameras have enabled men, it's like they've taken the sport out of it. You know what they've done? Now you have excellent Hi. cameras that can shoot, like, 40 still frames in a second. It sounds like a machine gun. And so there isn't a moment that you lose. And now you get to dominate the sport. Any bird I see, I've got 280 photos in six seconds. And I can choose exact. And you can see why they love it. Because, of course, you get the perfect shot all the time. But the whole sport of it, the whole sport of, look, I had a camera where all I could do was. You're actually. that's That's all I could do. When you're doing analog. And hope I got it. You know, I'm looking at film, man. Like these people in th- who are photographing birds before digital wouldn't even know if they got the shot. Exactly. They would be f- traveling back thinking, I hope I got the shot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Unless it was like still and they knew it. You know what I'm saying? But like for a flying the bird. amount you of no focus and
0: presence that you need to have when you're taking that photograph. <laughs> <laughs> That's like
1: it's like a woodpecker. Like so high moves.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need to get some uh, tissues. That's, uh, Let me tell you
2: one of the most aggressive birds the robin they're incredibly territorial they're always like these sweet Christmas looking birds but they're vicious they'll just kill any other male in their territory
1: it shows that we as humans have a real double standard for what we measure as like acceptable behavior because with cats we take truly unacceptable mammalian behavior that we would not accept of another human and totally accept it because of the hair on their body you take the hair off of a cat's body. Suddenly, you don't appreciate the cat as much. Not at all. It's
0: like, uh, what do you do? Some people do, yeah.
1: but most don't. Yeah. Most are terrified of it. Yeah, yeah. Because now it's just like a bald human who's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it looks at you weird. Cats, uh, cats are rarely like, they rarely have your back, man. Cats have your back so long as you have theirs. It's very conditional. You know, cats eat you after two days when you die, <laughs> whereas a dog will
2: wait until it's about to starve to death and then it will consider eating <laughs> you. Cats like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Your next motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my <laughs> next dog? Doesn't even think about it.
1: I wonder what, like, you know what it is. I think um, you could they could never domesticate cats in a way that they made them truly docile. Um, maybe a little bit they've managed, but for cats it was always that if you could feed the cat the cat wouldn't harm you that was kind of like the relationship that brought cats into our life you know if i put food out for the lion he's not gonna eat me it's actually kind of born out of protection you know and before you know it like they become smaller and smaller because uh, their ancestors no longer have to select for strength right of course not because now they're just being cared for and so evolution goes pretty quickly it used to be evolution makes itself that it will continually select for, for for vitality and strength it will continually improve the species as soon as you take away like it's it's raison d'être like the thing that it re- the reason for its being like the hunt and take that away suddenly it starts like devolving into this like small thing and before you know it humans recognize that you can sort of manipulate how it evolves right i can put this one and this one together you know like because that's how human beings think of course we've done it with almost every does creature does the same thing happen to humans if you take away that evolutionary pressure what like do you think what do you think uh, absolutely uh, can you look at an average african <laughs> version av- versus <laughs> an average japanese person and talk about their like physical um relationship to the environment? Put a group of ja- or Chinese or Japanese people in the same environment as the, as the African people, they would have a very different physical relationship to it, right? They don't have the the, the long... Uh, the, if you, Black people are the closest because I think they're just the closest to the, the environment in which our common ancestor grew up. It's no surprise that they have m- more developed musculature. Like, it's there's just something... Like, we look at black people as this, like, something about them is cool. I think what it is is that it reminds us, like, that's the cool thing we were when we started going backwards. <laughs> referring. Yeah, because now we're like doughy and we have bad skin and we have no more melan- n- n- melanin you're in our skin. you scared of the skin. You know, you
0: kind of like... And
1: scared. our musculature has taken on different shapes, you know? Like, we know... Wh- like, you know, what happens when coders start being the alpha men of your society? What happens to your gene pool?
0: <laughs>
1: like, in terms of physical fitness. Like, or what happens when you... W- who becomes the most, like... a who are the most desirable men in your society are the ones who are doing best so you need to somehow have the ones who are doing the best also be people who are excellent physical specimens if you want to move your species forward right so with cats I think that's how they would have been domesticated right because they were never truly domesticated you don't own a cat the cat only will eat your food and if you stop the food he's like fuck you just as you said but the dog born of the wolf you can't put food out for the wolf like he's still he's still a wolf you know what I mean So what is the wolf that they could somehow negotiate with? Definitely was not the alpha wolf. You're not coming close to the alpha wolf. And it's not all the people around him. Well, who's the wolf that craves the attention most? It's the omega wolf. Always. The bottom of the totem pole. The omega wolf is the one who is always eating last. And they beat him up constantly. And they just ridicule him and they tease him and they hurt him. To the Omega Wolf's credit, when there's the actual danger, they will protect him because he's still one of the pack. But every group needs to have a whipping boy. And it's that whipping boy. Now, if you start putting out food for the whipping boy, it says, you get to eat this food. They're not eating it, but you get to eat this food. Suddenly the whipping boy's like, oh fuck yeah. I'm gonna have to, You think he has self-respect? The whipping boy lives in a state of constant desire. Like, I don't get to do the thing that they get to do. They get it, right? They get it. They eat first, I eat last. I never get to have the good food. I never get to have the liver. I never like I have to eat the fucking scraps all the time. That's how the dog the dog knows this. You know, they live this reality. So that's how we start domesticating dogs. Right? By only by domesticating the omega, now you see that like dogs, the reason they're not going to eat you is because they see you as the alpha. Like their common, their ancestor was the, the the sub of the species. But what's really interesting is when you see packs of dogs here in Jordan, I'd love to do a documentary of just following packs of dogs and seeing that they're like a little, they're wild dogs, man, but they live like a wolf pack. They just roam around freely around the world, finding like go getting up to no good and they walk in an order. There's always one at the front and one at the back. And their ancestors are much closer to wolves. They're not the ancestors of domesticated dogs as much. Maybe farm dogs, but like um, as a result, they also take on a natural hierarchy. You could have 10, dom- ten submissive dogs... But ultimately, one's going to be the most dominant of the most of them, and he'll be the alpha. And the alpha, when you are the alpha, I think neurochemically you become more of the alpha because you have a responsibility to the group. You're sort of putting something. There's a certain process that's happening in you that, that produces like alpha musculature, alpha like I- intentionality, right? Like your position, what you think in life, determines how like the energy that you take. We live in a country where everybody thinks that they're the alpha. <laughs> it doesn't work. Or Ted's to show like you see in bangladesh or in india clearly most people are fully accepting of the fact that they're not alphas you know like they just they live there it's like having why is it that some countries make better servants than others because they they don't vie for power in the same way you cannot make a jordanian into a servant they're, They they think too highly of themselves <laughs> which i guess is <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? Never, yeah, yeah. Like, we don't don't earn very well in this country, but you you basically can't get a Jordanian servant. They're too (laughs) self-respecting. But is that a... It's not a good... I can't even explain, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. And so, doing great cat videos, I think it's definitely a lot of fun, man. But taking photos of birds as well. There's nothing like the moving image, you know what I mean? Like, er, there's been plenty of people who've taken pictures of birds. You know what I want for our Betaka film? I want to travel. I, I really, really. Uh, here's how I would do the Berlaka. I mean, this is something that's been running in my idea for a long, uh, back in my mind for a long time. Imagine you see like waves of birds as they move around, but the way I edit it is so like, organic that it actually truly travels with the music in almost like hypnosis together, that when the birds sort of move in here the music flows exactly with it and either the music does it for it or i edit it to it like i can artificially play with time like but i don't know how artificial i need to be with it right but i think putting music to it really carefully like they did man to be honest baraka was like you could just see what happens when a group of people just try to do the good thing and they had high taste they knew what was that what was impactful to look at and they made that I don't want volume with this project that we're going to do, you know? I truly want to think, like, at the end of the day, can we merge with five great shots? Yeah. Can we do that? If we could just do five. Right? Isn't that a a goal? But what happens at the end of two weeks?
0: You could start to negotiate.
1: 140 great shots. Yeah. You know, maybe more. Like, you're aiming for five. Who's to say you don't get 15 on a day? Yeah. Right? But five, if you can reach five, you can feel good about yourself at the end of the day. And you can also feel like, well, if I didn't hit the target today, I could I could probably hit it tomorrow, you know?
0: But every yeah, you have to try every day.
1: But it also says like, okay, I wanna dedicate hours to making sure this shot is great. Like what if I dedicate three, four hours to totally getting this shot right? I think this is what the, the these
0: guys do with bird filming is that they have to use the composition and, and like also the occasion of the birds coming to that specific shot and it's just waiting there. Of course, like, that's just the one shot that they'll get, maybe. Or a couple more.
1: You see that there's something so holding about a camera that doesn't cut. You know? There's something so safe about it. There's such a... You guys notice that by watching these, like, Rob's World films, there's this fundamental thing of I am here with it. I'm not watching something that somebody's made for me. I am here with it. That thing. That's what I'm like. That's what Sadie, right? That's what you see in this, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like that idea that you are a participant in a reality that is not a construction, at least insofar as all the only construction it is is the person who's holding the camera filming it, Um, but not somebody saying this needs to go after this, needs to go after this.
0: You're not really thinking about how those things connect. You're just thinking about what is right there. And the potential of opportunities of what you might see. Yeah,
1: you're not being lied to. You're not being lied to. And you realize that reality alone, actually, um, it goes by so fast that all of us like to look back at it. <laughs> that's, that's one of those fundamental, like compulsive desires that I expressed through a camera. This desire to like, I just, I can say something let's say i'm speaking and say maybe i said something valuable in one way or another but if i say it it disappears into the ether and it's binary if i say it into like something that records it not only does it not disappear into the ether it becomes instantly permanent it's just a it will exist as long as the things that can store it can exist um which is crazy the difference the difference and how stimulating that is in terms of like i want to save everything and the cool thing is like these youtube channels be like water rubs world or whatever hour on earth i came up with them with the idea that if i can generate enough steam on them they're really cool justifications to go to cool places be like water is one of the best justifications for like a type of life imagine like we do a you know crazy bonobo project a crazy this and then we realize look at some point we're also humans what if we do a a one-year be like water project you know what i'm saying all we do is very slowly travel to every country that we want to go to and just spend time filming the water you know taking it easy but at the same time still thoroughly and productively producing right isn't that cool what i wonder is that like I don't want to have to worry about the financial viability of individual projects. I want to worry about like the the absolute value of making it, you know, be like water would be really fucking cool. Um, So that's why we need the support of some benefactors. But I truly think if we start you know, the best way to get the support of the benefactors is just to make those things that make it clear what you're capable of making, you know, Um, it's the loudest way to express it's It's saying I'm going to practice to you the thing I'm asking of you. Everything that has worked out in my career has been because I made something and somebody saw that thing that I made. Just how it is. That thing you wrote, that photo you took, that video you made.
0: It's all the past, (sighs) Ted's.
1: It's a cat video. I I think we... You know when you're when you're not in the state of doing something now when it's like you're kind of exploring the different ideas you could do there's lots of stuff floating in the air and i i tend to feel like oh rob you know i'm i'm not starting anything i'm thinking so like about all these different ideas like you should start you should do one thing and i think listen if you listen to yourself and you're patient with the the, the time span of a project you recognize that there are periods of your life where the ideas are fertile And let those periods happen as they happen. If that's the natural way of it, follow the way that it goes. Follow it as it goes. I understand that with the combination of us sitting in the room, um, that energy will necessarily lead itself toward making things. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But it will make things and it will constantly bring... uh, Because we all have that same desire. So, in other words, we have to really be like water. Just take it as it comes. And if it says to us, like that whole thing of that we're gonna do this baraka thing look it's as real as we make it (laughs) it's it's truly just as real as we make it get the permits and something um it came as a sudden idea nothing further you know um a sudden idea and those sudden ideas emerge and they say well that's great we should do that obviously because the outcome is obviously worth the effort and it checks a bunch of boxes Can we get a budget for it? Like, what's the boldest way we could do that? You've done a pretty bold move for the budget. Of all the ways you could do a bold move, (laughs) I think you've ticked that box. (laughs) I didn't formally state the number. I did communicate to my contact that the number was what it was. And I know that when I spoke to her, I told her, look, I'll work with whatever is available. You know, and that's the end of the line. But so I'm sure the message that was relayed was looking for funding. Open to negotiation. Which is the only message I need. Because the only message I need is the one that produces a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. Everything else is secondary. Because the conversation is how you actually get to a place. We're not uh, talking about something that somebody reads in a text message and says, all right, give it to them. No, you have to reach places of common understanding. And I think b- I think there'd be real fire under our behinds though if we um I, I hadn't thought about it at all, but truly taking that funding also puts a sort of semi responsibility. But look, I I'm happy making things that make people pumped about Jordan. You know?
0: Yeah, you just need the access to be able to implement it. <coughs> that is used through financial financial means.
1: It's also, I think it's for them, they're like, look, uh, the storytellers are very, very important people in the world. We need to somehow, um, if we bankroll them, keeps the message, (laughs) keeps the message a little bit closer to where we want the message to be. I can see from a political gamesmanship angle that it's very valuable for people in positions of power to uh, finance those who can tell the stories. Even if you said nothing to them, you know, even if you told them nothing, you would understand intuitively that they would not go after you.
2: Mm. And that's a very valuable position to be in as well, for you to be their mouthpiece in a certain sense, because you're also massively multiplying their own power. So it's very much something that directly benefits them rather than you.
1: What about being a graduate of their school that Anything you achieve can reflect on their school, which could use something positively to reflect on. What about being a small country that's trying to vie for a position in the film industry? Um, v- what about um, being a <laughs> having no really notable filmmakers from this country and having someone who's you know running it all who really loves film. And what about the fact that there's a particular person who attended your school who's got a track record of doing, like, really quite remarkable things? And, um, like, o- on any scale, not just the one of this country, on any scale. Like, that stuff is, like, people are impressed anywhere. And that this this person wants to do things in your country? I feel like it's uh, it doesn't take a lot to think about why somebody in that position would say, well, let's, um, let's do something with this. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of good things at stake here. And so the thing that I've been feeling is like... It just felt like this symphonic win-win thing. Where, look, I want to make my movies. Um, You want people to feel positively about this country. Both in and out of this country. Um, Yeah, I can get on board with that. I like it if you can get people to think positively about something. You know, I'll tell them to the straight. It's like, listen, uh, if I had to get in that position, I would look them in the eye and say, look, I'm not going to make... I cannot make propaganda, you know, in, in any way whatsoever. I cannot be a mouthpiece. But what I can do is cultivate good energy about that which is worth good energy and trust that that alone would already be serving the purpose that we're trying to do here you know I don't have to talk about the government I don't have to talk about money right we don't talk about the government but what I can talk about is like um, things that are beautiful just think like it's there there's plenty to be looking at and in the end you need to somehow climb on certain steps that are suboptimal to be able to reach that place that you want to reach I I like the idea of thinking we can ride in those.
0: The Motorcycles?
1: It's not a motorcycle. Oh, it's a plane. It's not a plane.
0: <laughs> it's a chopper.
1: Oh, it's a helicopter.
0: <laughs> yeah, bud. That is definitely doable.
1: I like the feeling of being able to rub shoulders with the people who are calling the shots. I just feel like... Whatever it would cost me, it would be worth the adventure, you know? Yeah, that's actually that's that's the man we're talking about when they travel with two of them. It's always him. It's always him. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. That's how you can always know. He's right there.
1: Hey, what's up, man? (laughs) Yeah, man. We're podcasting right here. (laughs) 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 See you soon. Sunday the twelfth of March at twelve twelve and twelve seconds.
2: That's great. (laughs) That's great. Uh, they could have been listening to us they have this insane like laser technology where they can shine like a laser beam onto like a crisp packet in the room and depending on the vibrations of the crisp packet it's, you can then decode what everyone's talking about or you can do this even with the way you know the, the, the curtain is vibrating or something like, they, they can listen to you That they could have been doing that, you never know it's insane the what? technology they now have Yeah, just a laser beam to analyse the way in which something in your room is moving Because the sound waves, you know, they push everything around. And (laughs) you can now use that to listen in on people. The sound waves push everything. Well, everything's moving slightly. Everything's vibration. Everything's vibrating. And, like, it will vibrate in a certain way when you do a certain pattern of speech or something. So you can decode that. So, yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's (laughs) like...
1: My God, man. I I just feel like, look, I want to be on that side of the equation you know, why not? Right. I I don't have any crazy motives that are like, well, I'm trying to like uh, manipulate my way up to a position. I just think, well, clearly there's a good opportunity here that I could use in a productive way that I can serve. Like, look, if I can cultivate good energy, what am I doing? You know, it's not, a b- like, it's beautiful. And if it can cultivate my career, great. Like I, I love the idea of getting more and more access as someone who has a camera. You know, access to whatever you want and seeing how you can use that for the stories that you want to make. It's also
2: (laughs) six weeks till the 25th of April. Fun fact. Six weeks till the 25th of April. Yes. What happened on the 25th of April, 2005?
1: Oh, we have six weeks to do it, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we did say that deadline. Six weeks. A deadline's only as real as we make it. Yeah.
2: Six weeks is very doable.
1: It is very doable. Yeah. Especially like when you're do also doing other projects in the meantime. What
2: is the yeah. deadline? Ah. I think I know
0: what it is. It'll be
1: the eighteenth year and like the eighteenth birthday. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of, of, G of Sati Vex. Of Sati Vex. <laughs> <laughs> the first (laughs) cannabinoid based medicine to Ah. be approved (laughs) beautiful (laughs) it'll be the 18th birthday Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was the 18th (coughs) birthday (coughs) Sativex will be officially legal (laughs) (laughs) If, if you have a gotten medically high you can thank (laughs) Thank dr guy if you're thankful for the weed you're prescribed you can thank Dr. dr guy if you wanna be you know you could also put freestyle rap beats for example i'm just saying like as the person who's running the podcast you can do anything you want though i do like the birds there's something like
2: instead of two cannabinoids he was <laughs> obsessed let's take mother Nature's medicine and put it to the test and test it he did with rigor and finesse the benefits of cannabis started to impress
1: with now all your new knowledge I think we should get you on the freestyle you know mm. um and just like freestyle for a couple days throw an hour of freestyle in and, like, I guarantee you'll find something each time. Epic. You just have to be in there, you know? Yeah, it's a skill I really want to cultivate.
2: Because if you can freestyle, it's so much easier to come up with poetry. And it's like Michonne was saying, if you can freestyle rap, you can speak so eloquently. Because what is talking when you can basically freestyle rap the whole time? <laughs> like, it's just a lower form of talking. There's less restrictions. So. But
0: because it's on oh. a beat and arrive, it's just, like, so much more...
1: Um they say that the thing about freestyle rapping is that you need to think of your rhyme um, well ahead of time. You go one sentence ahead, right? Um, that's how it works, right? Yeah. And like, you think of the sentence ahead, or you think of the word that you're going for, and you you throw it over there, and you say, all right, I know I'm going to say head. Um, I'm going to say, uh, it's going to get to my head. Um so, you know, here I am in my bed. I know it's going to get to my head and now I have to think like um uh, You got to think l- ahead l- instead. I'm I'm just going to be drinking the liquor. I I, I I'm going to rhyme the word liquor so like um, That'll make my thoughts quicker. Exactly. Um s- send my regards to the vicar, but I'm just going to be drinking the liquor, you know? <laughs> like and that's just when you do it slowly and Keep just being confident enough to try it. Me- when you mess up, it's okay. You continue it. That's how you develop it and start slowly, right? It's an once instrument.
0: You, once you like liquor and vicar, it's kind of like a couple that you already have, but you already thought of words that rhyme with liquor. How you always go through that Rolodex with every word that you go through. And so you just practice. It's just like it becomes uh, you connect the neurons of those words.
1: Words doesn't ever really rhyme with anything other than like Herds, I guess. World and girl are two that can easily generally go together. World and girl? Yeah. There's also the thing about a rhyming expression, not necessarily a rhyming word. Mm. Like Like
2: orange and door hinge.
1: Yeah. Orange, door hinge. You know, get out the door hinge, you orange. You know, (laughs) it's how you express the word, too, makes a big difference. And so there's flexibility you can take. Uh, And actually, it's actually more interesting that way, I think. I mean, yeah, I could write a speech that rhymes, but...
0: (laughs) It'll be about the rhyming, not the message. Well,
1: it
2: depends how effective the message Mm. is through the rhymes, you know? So they say, prose is easier to write than verse. Its persuasive powers are therefore worse. (laughs) You're actually totally right.
0: Can you say the phrase again?
2: Prose is easier to write than verse. Its persuasive powers are therefore worse. It's also just the general principle that you implicitly trust anything that had a lot more effort to go Attach into it, it, into it yeah. like you know if the packaging of a product is production good you think. value yeah it's production value It always <laughs> it is. you always trust it more which is and it's the same it's as that's, as the, that's the secret that, that's everything You're
1: that's the secret that's what i was saying yeah. yesterday yeah. when you point production value at anything it's automatically perceived as important yeah. i have cameras that can make production value happen instantly of mm. av- toward anything you know, any company, any idea you have, we give it production value <laughs> and it's perceived as important. That th- No matter what, it always goes a long way, right? <laughs> right. Um, we could try it in verse. <laughs> um, can you pass me an empty mic stand, please? It's in the corner of the room.
0: These headphones could take you anywhere
1: yeah yeah i love them there's really kind of i've i've walked across whole rooms with them (laughs) with them on and they they just return to their shape look look at this cable this this one for my headphones i've had these headphones on my head since 2015. eight years and how ragged does it look barely it's like the excellent one of the finest things that you can buy for really a decent price you know Uh, you just gotta lift the bottom column otherwise it doesn't stand Little higher, yeah, thank you. I it. Um so let's uh, do this as a group.
0: Also hip hop beats.
1: Um, no, let's start like this for now. Let's try and keep our energy, and we'll see if we need it. What's the point of a speech of a graduation speech? Yeah.
0: We get with a question.
1: Beach. Um, reach. 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 Because reach, you like you see that there's enough meaning in the word reach that. I can negotiate a sentence toward it. Mm-hmm. Like we already know it. We now we just need to make that happen, right? So you're constantly in that place. Like, um, what is a place that uh, this I I need to reach? Um, yeah. Is there a goal that I need to reach?
2: Or need help you to help reach or something about them? Like here, like, I'll show Is so there a goal
1: I can help you reach? I, I I know the. Okay. No, it's like what is the point of a graduation speech? Is there a goal that I need to reach? um I'll explain it why i've support. already processed I've already processed this kind of concept uh, is there a goal I need to reach? It's like um, look at that book. It's one poem, and it's one of the, the cultural like uh, hallmarks of our world, you know it's just because something's written in rhyme, you're right, i yeah I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, we can really good at writing rhyme, yeah,
0: yeah, it's not you're like Peter when it. he does it, like it's. No. Just no. Such a <laughs> <different> <laughs> He presented this, this like speech, speech. He's like, "Guys, I have something." And it was like the second day of school. It was he was a it was a speech he's going to deliver to the whole school, and uh, he asked to present. He presented it to you, and to me. no, he presented it to me and presented it to Ahmed. And he presented it three times. It was like it was okay. The r- the ride was, it was there, but his delivery there was no passion. There was no like it that allowed him to really feel like he was committing to it.
1: So, what's the point of a graduation speech? Is there a goal I need to reach? What does it mean to do a good job? Or give me wh- where does job go? Um the 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 point that I'm trying to get across is um what is the best thing I can try and reach as a graduation speech? You know, what is the 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 the, the finest way to succeed at this mission? Right? and we were discussing at the table earlier, well, m- I could say, to get r- your warm applause and get you all saying, gee, that Rob gave a great speech. Uh, you'll... <laughs> but if I, I have to ask myself, look, um, how valuable is the speech the moment you heard it? How valuable is the speech two weeks after you heard it? How valuable is it two years after you heard it? If I can get you saying, gee, that speech I heard two years ago, that changed my life. That seems to me like a job well done. <laughs> and so I want to take people through that thought process that I have to set a high expectation for myself for making this speech as valuable to you as, you, as possible. Um, the
0: concept, I'm not trying to be inspiring. I tried to be useful.
1: Exactly. Uh, and so we take that speech to that place where it's like... Um, I, I set up that anticipation that not only that, it's like in my job... Um, well, so how do you... How do you make sure a speech is useful? Well, firstly, it's got to be memorable. It's got to be very memorable. In y- if you forget it, I've lost. So you c- I have to make sure you don't forget it. Well, um, in my profession, I have—I um, am hired by clients all over the world for my specific and unique capacity to make things memorable. It's the one thing I'm particularly good at. Um, so that puts an expectation on me. <laughs> That today, I'm supposed to do a great speech. At the end of this speech, like, you will not forget what I told you. That would would show you, that would prove to you that I'm actually good at what I do. Otherwise, I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. And I've built a career of putting my money where my mouth is. Saying I can do a thing that other people said, well, that's kind of an unrealistic thing, and then doing it anyway. (laughs) Put that all in rhyme, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because it says, all right, so... I had to make it memorable. What's one thing that I remember? Um, one thing that I know um, about like making videos that last a few minutes that are really like exciting, and memorable, is that people really only remember one thing. Even my friends, you know, all the effort I'll go through to make all the different points in the video, my friends will say, "Oh, I love that video." I say, "Which one?" They watched it yesterday. They'll say, "The one with the horse."
0: That's the only reference that they have to those videos that you put, you know, a lot of attention to.
1: I every point I think about. The one with the horse. Now, so I realized this, and so that's why I decided to put that to practice with a film that we made um, with Sohaib a couple months ago, where it said, uh, if there's only one point we need to make, what's that point? And if I if I asked most of you what that point was that that video made, I reckon you could probably tell me. Somebody want to tell me what the point was? Of course. <laughs> I'll tell you the point, because I, I wasn't there, and you,
2: you two both exactly. made the video. The point is, you know, do you spend a third of your time <laughs> at school (laughs) or do you spend the whole time at school (laughs) do you eat a third of the plate (laughs) your grandma gives you or do you eat the whole plate (laughs) you know if you're going to do anything you want to commit fully to it you want to be doing it all the time
1: (laughs) there you go (laughs) case in point
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's
0: something that really activates the mind if you do something is people get exactly what you're trying to do and they say it to you without you saying anything
2: I think the repetition of the point as well, but expressed so in different ways, different ways, is very effective. Home, yeah,
0: and it, yeah, there's good tempo to each one, and then you just go, you know, with the final line, we need all of you. nakulkov, <laughs> <laughs> you know. We, like, th- we walked into.
1: We walked into a very fortuitous play on words. Yeah. It wasn't planned. It just was. Look, like, noskum means half sleeve. Yeah. But kum at the end is also a way to conjugate, um, like. All of you. Uh, you, all of you. Like, akil um, food, akil your food. uh What ra'akum, wa your papers. So it's a conjugatory as well. But kum also means sleeve. It's just double and meaning. In Jordanian colloquialisms, when you say something is short sleeve, it's
0: like you're doing something half ass. A half measured. Half measured. So yeah, whatever it is you're cooking, and like, the, the, the eggs are okay. You're like, that. don't do it noskum. So when you say compare which is half ass to we need which is we need all of you, it goes it's just like the perfect play on words.
1: And that responded to the king built this place to serve his country and he chose it. He chose it. You know, like each of us have and he chose everyone, everywhere, and it's constant. Like it's we're setting it up that it's all of you, that, that are together on this mission. Like we don't want half solution. We don't want a third solution. We need all of you. But the way it says it in Arabic, Ma <laughs> كُلْكُمْ It just has the you hear the lyricism about it, you know? So we're proud of our little moment there. Okay, so, so the, yeah, the I said I I build up this point. I want them to like I need you to remember one thing, one thing of this speech that I think is critical. Okay, well well what's a thing that I should give you? Um probably a thing that's useful something that you could use and that will benefit you in the future, a tool, right? Uh, if I inspire you, the inspiration is going to fade eventually, right? Cause, but if I give you a tool that you engage with constantly, it will find it, you will find its value to it. So, okay, I got to give you a tool. So I asked myself, well, um, really the only advice anybody can give anybody is the thing that they do. When your parent tells you, don't smoke a cigarette and you're smoking a c- and the parent is smoking a cigarette, how, like, how deeply do you think your parent actually cares about that advice?
2: Well, their words, I mean, their actions reflect <laughs> their words, you know? <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> I think I should put that line in there, 100%. Yeah. Like It's just one little call out. Like, look, y- y- you're saying to your child, I actually don't believe my own advice. And so, okay, if there's th- advice that I can offer, well, what is it that I have done that I do? The one thing that I can give you all that I know will be valuable for the rest of your lives and that will mean that you will not forget this speech at all. Writing. And then it gets to the point of the speech. So build up this thing. It's the whole, the whole, part one, build up. Um, build up the idea. And the whole thing's like three minutes long, you know? Not even, I don't need to do a 10 minute speech. I just need to do a great three minute one, you know? That's it. Um, I kind of want to do it like the AVN thing where it's it might be more than three minutes because that was not that much speech for three minutes but even if, you know, yeah. sp- like end at a place where i have to get people to say well what is it <laughs> like a little bit of interactivity <laughs> so that's why you're gonna be very curious about what i have to say and just like hold
0: <laughs> at that point you're really asking them, like you know
1: <laughs> wake them up <laughs> w- wake them up that you're with them you know what i mean um so, what's the point of a graduation speech? Is there a goal i need to reach what does it what does it mean um to do this well to do this well um anyway, th- what does it mean What does it mean to do this well um
0: Is it the same? Bell,
1: um, tell, well Hell. dwell, clientele, clientele. Clientel. <laughs> um, what does it mean to do this well? Um, something about me that you'll tell. Um.
2: To someone, s- yeah. Nugget I- of wisdom, can I? On your ears, bevel? For, I mean for
0: you to remember it. That you go and tell.
1: Um, what does it mean to do this well? Um, maybe well doesn't isn't very like satisfying with it. Yeah. So what's the point? Maybe oh wait. L- um, can we somehow let's just like bullet point a little bit like the the arc of what we're trying to express? Like just do a little bit more formally, rather than having to grasp at it in our minds. Um, let's be on the same page. So the first one is like. Um, posing the question, pose question, um, what constitutes a good speech, right? Uh, what constitutes a good graduation speech, uh, grad speech, right? Um, so, and then like the, the sub points of that, what constitutes like, what, what, um, so the considerations of a few options, right? Um, one, it's like, Your applause. Um, That you think I'm smart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That you think (laughs) I'm smart or talented in some way. That's a smart man. Exactly. That you point at me and say, point at me and say, Shotam. <laughs> oh, Wallah. Oh, Wallah well, <laughs> <guy>, uh, Shatir. <laughs> he's a smart guy. Yeah? <laughs> I think it'll be a fun part. I think people would appreciate the point uh, um, that you think I'm smart. Wallah Shatir.
0: It'd be fun to include some of the mannerisms that you've learned while, you're b- while you've are while you been here. Of like, the, you know, the hand gestures and the, like, add the Jordanian element to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post question, um, what constitutes a good graduation speech? Uh, Your applause, that you think I'm smart, uh, uh, what's another thing that like just would be a traditional thing? Uh, Did I inspire you? Yeah. (laughs) Did I inspire you? Um, Did I give you something useful?
0: I mean, that is one of the... uh, yeah,
2: it's important, right? Yeah. Well, something about how you don't want the inspiration, you get them to just fade completely after the speech is gone. Like, how can you make the inspiration stay
1: in some way? Uh, give you something useful. Give you something that lasts,
2: right?
0: Uh, give you something
1: that lasts. All right, so uh, what else would a graduation speech need to serve? Um, make your parents proud of you? Uh, <laughs> no, now it feels vision. like it, it feels like it brings us to that point. Like, like yeah. it's sort of like, uh, you know, w- what w- if I do a good job? What's w- what am I gonna get? Uh, your warm applause, okay. Um, the fact that you think I'm smart that you're gonna say oh gee that guy rob he made a great speech so that you can all shake my hand later and tell me that was great okay but what happens tomorrow yeah um uh, so that w- that i inspire you nice <laughs> you gotta fly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that i give you something useful that i give you something that lasts um so then there's the concept of the value of the speech today, tomorrow, next week, two years from now. Um, today, two weeks from now, or two years from now. So you start with two each, today, two years from now.
0: You know, like. Two days
1: from now. Uh, value of speech. Um, today. Tomorrow, uh, two years from now. Um, is it okay to dream? Like what, like if you were my client, I could say, you know, if you were my client and you gave me this assignment, what's like a, what's an A plus <laughs> of a graduation speech? If you were my teacher, like maybe I'll just ask what, cause that's language that they really understand. What's an A plus? Maybe that's the whole question. Like what makes a graduation speech? What is an A plus? Like I got the assignment, do graduation speech, right? Um, what um, makes a good graduation speech? Um, it's like, I can keep it in language that they understand like that. So, um, uh, assignment, graduation speech.
0: But you are asked to be to have a graduation speech. Y- yeah, uh,
1: the assignment uh, just the assignment a graduation speech. Um uh, what what uh, equals A plus? Um so then it's like what we said, um consider options. I'm just gonna applause Shatar um uh inspiration, um, Shater, but I'm Jordanian <laughs> and I want to be number one. <laughs> it needs to be the number one speech. Number one, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think people would dig that. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> needs to be number one. Um, but I'm Jordanian. It needs to be the number one. What is like, what would be the number one speech? The number one speech, uh, number one speech. And uh, let's see if my aim was today, um, you could say if today, it's number one speech would produce roaring applause. That would be the goal. Uh, Today equals roaring applause, right? Uh, like, uh, like basically, like, if... Um, wh- what is the number one... So I say, what is the number one speech that I could give you today that will give you value today? But what if the number one... Like, what is the best speech I could give you? Like, um, how do I say, like... Is it crazy for me to say that I want you, after two years, to say, that speech changed my life, man... <laughs> Would that be the best possible speech I can give you today? The one that will change your life? Okay. Challenge accepted. You know. I like that. Um, maybe we just like uh, take it a little bit more fluidly. I'm trying to like th- the writing is slowing me down. I think. Um, if
0: you, I could, r- I could start writing. Down. I need to go to steal a vegetable.
1: Right. Oh, wait, let's just the other I could get the other notepad too no, it's okay, let's just keep writing um so if today roaring applause um is it is it like i maybe I like to dream unrealistic <laughs> I am a dreamer i've always been um I'm a dreamer i've always been I like to dream unrealistically um Every time I say something could be a certain way, people tell me, well, that's pretty unrealistic. I'll say, well, no, I guess it's unrealistic, but how sweet would it be if I could make it a reality? <laughs> you know, for me, I would just, be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be incredible if I could turn it Wouldn't into that reality? <laughs> Wouldn't, <laughs> Wouldn't that it be, be funny? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what's it like an unrealistic goal for me to have for this graduation speech? All right, uh, unrealistic goal that two years from now, a whole bunch of you say, man, that graduation speech changed my life. That's an unrealistic goal. That's what I'm going to aim for here today.
0: And if like, yeah, uh, y- y- you can talk about the percentage if you want to. Like one of you, you know,
1: if at least one, one of you,
0: what I need, one.
1: I need, one, only one of one, two, three, four, five one hundred and seventy three
0: 173 of you, <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it humbles the goal, right? It's like, if I could, you know, that's an A plus. If you could change someone's life. What's person's
1: life? I don't even want to say change. I don't like the term to change someone's life because of how ambiguous it is. Um,
0: yeah. A useful lesson.
1: So, uh, so the goal is that two years from now, at least one of you looks back and says,
0: "I learned something from that speech."
1: No, that's not that's not yeah, big enough. Just, yeah. That speech changed everything. In a good way, inshallah. <laughs> in a good way, right? Otherwise like what are we talking here, you know? <laughs> um yeah. And so saying so basically setting the the goal, setting this really high goal that what would be the most like an unrealistic thing for me to dream that I'm just going to try and dream anyway and I'll take you through my thought process to make it happen. I want you all to remember this speech. Oh, no, I want at least one of you, what if, what if I say 10% of you, because one might seem like too unambitious, you know, that some of you, two years from now, will look back at the speech and see it as the day everything changed. And it wasn't because you graduated. It's because you heard my speech. <laughs> um, how can I make my speech more memorable than your graduation? <laughs> and is that like, is, should I be aiming for that? Or should I just be like furniture of your graduation that just says some kind words and you move on? Or should I actually try and like compete with the momentousness of this occasion and try and say, you know what? I can make the thing that I do the most memorable thing today with words. And I thought, well, what is it that I'm actually demonstrating to you? And it was obvious to me. It was totally obvious what I have to tell you. And so now I've already planted it. I've already said it. it's words, you know, like, it's words that I can express in a certain order that will eventually, like, and so what, I'm, what I'm actually giving you is just words in a certain order with certain tone and certain delivery in certain moment. That's all I'm offering you. I'm not picking up your bags, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, sp- tuturing you. I'm not spending time. I'm just giving you words in a certain order in a certain moment of your life. So it was obvious to me what I had to give to you. And then I'll go on the whole thing because... If I want you to re- look back at this two years from now, um, not only should I make my speech memorable, it has to be unforgettable. Unforgettable. That y- you will know exactly what it is that I said to you this day. You won't remember the speci- specific order of the words, but you'll remember the point. So what point is this guy making? Um, there's also the fact that I have built a career being for making... Memorable ideas, memorable, or presenting ideas in as memorable or unforgettable way as possible. People fly me all over the world. Alhamdulillah. Is, do, do, do um Christians say Alhamdulillah? I think so. It,
2: yeah, your dad did say Alhamdulillah. Yeah. over okay. the phone.
1: All right, there you go. Um, so now, now that I've told you that, you're all going to expect me to actually do a good job. So now I've given myself some real pressure to do it. <laughs> And I'll tell you that that pressure has been pretty good for me in my career. As stressful as it can be sometimes. So if there's one thing, absolutely one thing, that I could teach all of you, that I could give you all, that you will use with you. Well, it's obvious. It's got to be something that I do myself. That's how the argument continues. It's got to be something that I have practiced, because the only advice that will actually make sense to anybody is the advice that the person offering it gives for themselves. And I think I can mention the smoking thing. It's like I wonder if it's too negative. Too much at it? Like it's like when a smoking parent tells their kid not to smoke. What's uh,
0: w- it does poke, I'm sure. Maybe, but, maybe. But not. Maybe I should
1: poke that one line. Just one line. It's like it's like when your parents when you're a parent smoking a cigarette and you tell your kid don't smoke. What's what's it to what's it telling to the child? It's saying, My advice isn't actually worth my own like I don't believe in my own advice. Well, all your meaning is under there. So what can I give you where I can guarantee you that I believe in the thing that I'm telling you? And I'm like, boom, 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 <laughs> boom. This is one year of writing. Not for work, not for any money whatsoever.
0: I think that's a, it's powerful.
1: I have over the last two years written two and a half thousand pages of handwritten text. That I haven't shown to anybody, I haven't sold, I haven't used in any productive way, but yet I continue to do it. Today I'm going to tell you why I write, because it's the most important thing I think I can share with you. Okay. And then, so that's first half is setup, then there's body, and then there's release. The thing will last like six minutes, I think. Like. Like it's a graduation speech, no, you know it's what I mean? A,
0: it, when you have that length, it allows you to really go into a point, but not give it too much. Where it's like, ugh, enough of this. It's like three minutes is too short for uh, you know a graduation speech. You need to take the time. That is what is asked of you. You Need to spend time on stage. You, ha- you know? They asked you to take. This is also another goal, right? Is to capture their attention for a considerable amount of time of the duration of that of that event. Your words is what people value. So, that's what I'm trying to do here.
1: So, I want to give you something that I have found enduring value in. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to tell you how I write and why I write. Very practically speaking. It, um, what's the f... <laughs> Um, I think I need to, the drop needs, it needs to be a great drop.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a certain buildup that we had,
1: but I think this, (laughs) and then going like like this,
0: (laughs) I imagine YouTubers like (laughs) Rob's going to have like fan base, like look at what he wrote in his journal.
1: Prove that I do it. You know?
0: Yeah, that's what I mean about the power of Can that. Can I
1: get my other journals from Barcelona?
0: Yes. I don't know how, but...
1: Yeah. I have my big leather-bound one, you know? Prove that I do it, and do it, and do it, and do it. And hold the stage for 30 seconds as I go one... Like, it, just to demonstrate to each person. It's like, there's something, like, impressive about just opening random pages. <laughs> and it's just clear that it's endless amount of written word. That's what I practice, and today, I'll tell you why. Because that's, like, suddenly writing means something, when you see, like, you know in Baraka, where you have that suggestion that somebody has done a lot, saying, I have written 2,500 pages. I think it, the point is made by showing, like, one book, two books, three books, because I've got the blue one in there as well, which is also just full of text, just, you know, like... Yeah, I think people will probably be into it, you know. Um, this thing's very distracting. <laughs> is this the call to prayer or is it the prayer?
0: It's the call to prayer. It has more attached to it. But you know how people organize their times around this, you know? It's like it's a different stage of the day. You have the morning... Where it's dark, and you know, very few people wake up, and then the midday, and then the end of the day. Asr, this is dawn. Where it's like, okay, we're gonna calm down, relax. Sunset, and then nighttime, so you go to bed. Anyways. Is it about you, why you write, or when you write? These are the things you should, or maybe uh, it's one after the other.
1: I'll say, okay, um, I've written 2,000 pages over the last two years. A lot of people come to me and say, Rob, why are you writing all the time? What are you writing about? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, (laughs) it's like someone else was just, like, entering your conversation.
0: Does it offer a moment of meditation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> God is great. <laughs> People say to me, "What are you writing about? Why are you writing all this time?" Um, I think I just need to try and like uh, tell the whole story of why I'm writing, and see if I can. You guys can just like extract the um, the valuable bits from it. Um, can you put Chopin's Nocturne on? Just write Spotify Chopin Nocturne, and it might even still be playing. It's right there. <laughs> it's the second one, I think. P- or maybe it's the first one. Read it.
0: Locked turn number two in E flat major. Oppolite. N- yeah, that's two. the one.
1: It turns on. You can keep the other sound on. It's okay. doesn't interrupt. Hmm. Oh, I love this piece. I could listen to it over and over and over again. Writing is like befriending yourself.
0: You, ha- you must be comfortable.
1: Writing is giving yourself the gift of your own attention. It's saying, I am here in the room with me. All this problem-solving capacity that I have, I'm putting to myself. All this giving of listening, I'm giving to myself. I used to start writing, and I think what I'm writing is no good. And what that thought would do to me is it would stop me from writing. And then I learned, he turns down just a tiny bit. But one night, New Year's Eve, 2020. To 2021. I already had a physical journal for some reason. I'd never written in it. Are those here, those birds, or are they in there? Just, there's certain birds being assholes. <laughs> Keep this p- this piece on repeat. It'll just help us. Just can you turn off those particular birds. Okay, it's a little calmer now. Yeah. All right, let's try. Uh, let's try doing this all of us. If I would inc- invite you at least to do it with the eyes closed. Hmm. Writing is my friend when I'm alone. It's the listening ear of all of me listening to me. It's the feeling of doing something productive when I'm not doing anything. I would start writing and I wouldn't write anything well, but then that one night New Year's Eve, 2020, I had a journal uh, for some reason. It was just this old journal. It was actually a journal that I got at a conference. which just had branding on it from some company. And I had this nice pen a couple months before. I was working at a school in New England, and the headmaster says to me, you like pens? I say, oh, I I guess I like pens. He opens up a drawer and gives me like a $500 pen. Beautiful Mont Blanc. And he said, here, just take it. I said, I can't accept this. And he said, you know, what happens when you're a headmaster and you have parents come from all over the world, to you know, pay you a visit, especially Asian parents? Mm -hmm. They will always offer a gift. And what do they give a headmaster? They give a pen. So he opened his drawer, boom, he had like 18 of these pens. So he gave me this pen, and for seven months, this pen just sat inside a drawer. It was too nice for me to touch, too nice for me to use. I figured I'd use it to sign contracts or something, but... Day, it hit me one day that you know it's a beautiful pen and I should use it. That's the point. A beautiful pen ought to be written with. And so that night, New Year's Eve, everybody went to bed and I was still awake. And something in me told me to write my thoughts on paper. And before I knew it, it was six a.m. and I'd written forty pages in a urgent fervor. And, um. From that moment on, I understood what writing could mean for me. I felt like I cracked open the book of my life. I felt like I figured out those things that I was trying to figure out, and now it made sense, because I could process the thought. And from that moment on, I just knew what writing could mean for me. For the next six months, my writing increased and increased and increased. I filled hundreds and hundreds of pages and it was all gushing out years and years of thoughts and insights and confusions and worries and and dreams that was all coming out in that same moment. Um, But I learned some things. Um, Writing happens when you write. Um, I began to learn that writing and really any creative endeavor feels like surfing. You don't have to be a surfer to understand this. But there's a couple things you need to know if you're going to try and surf. The first thing is get in the water. You'll never surf if you don't get in the water. Now, you always see when you look at surfers that they're all the way out there. It's because surfers have to swim through the break, swim through the waves to get to the place where the waves come, where they can ride them. The waves are coming toward the shore, right? So you have to go out so you can follow them in. But you're going against the waves at first. And that's often how it feels when I start writing. You have to fight the waves and sometimes they come big and sometimes it's struggling. And most people, when they try something new, they turn back in this phase. They turn back before they could ever feel what the wave feels like under their board. But I can tell you that the surfers that manage to swim through the break and wait for a wave, miss wave after wave after wave, fall down on waves that take them. That every one of them who manages to get to that point and then for the first time feel the power of the water under their feet, they will forever know what value surfing could have for them. They will know how much further it could go. And that was that night for writing for me. I felt the water. I suddenly understood with clarity of daylight something that many who have come before me have understood. Writing is the key to unlocking your understanding of your world. But I'm someone who could be described as having attention deficit disorder. I think it's more that I'm so excitable and easy to inspire that my eyes turn left and right constantly. And I thought, I can barely sit down and write one thing. So suddenly, it just hit me. Well, I don't have to write anything in particular. I said, if I don't know what to write about, I sit down, I look inside my mind, and I ask, what's the thought that I have right now? If that thought is, I'm hungry, if the thought is, I miss my home if that thought is I have a great idea if that thought is I don't have any more ideas it doesn't matter what the thought is I write that thought down and I can tell you when you write a thought down what happens is the next thought comes to you and then the next thought comes to you and before you know it you found yourself in a place where the thoughts fascinate you you want to know more because now you're asking the real questions, sometimes you'll find yourself writing hours and hours on end, and sometimes you won't be able to write at all. I feel like I need to give practical like point one point two point three point four point five um Write on paper, point one. Um, A computer will offer you constant distraction. Even if you're good at resisting the distraction, it's still that, hey, distraction, hey, distraction. Pen on paper, you don't have that. And I can tell you that there's something uniquely and distinctly satisfying about seeing your words rendered on the physical page, pen on paper. Two, get a nice pen. A pen that you appreciate and respect. A pen that you won't put anywhere. A pen that you'll put in an intentional place so that you know where your pen is. A pen that when you pick it up, it means writing to you. Try not for it to be too expensive because no matter what, you're gonna lose the pen. Like I lost my pen. And when I lost my beautiful pen, I stopped writing for a month. It shook me and it took me a year to find another pen I liked. because I wasn't gonna spend that much money on another pen. If you don't know where to start, start anywhere. There are always thoughts in your mind. Follow them. If you get distracted and start thinking about something else, write it and write wherever your distraction takes you. Let your mind wander exactly where it wants to wander and know that this is the only place that you have in your private sanctuary of you and your book that you get to follow your mind exactly where it wants to go rather than telling it what it needs to do. I rarely read back what I've written because I feel so immensely lighter after I've written. Sometimes you feel like you have so many thoughts that you want to get out. It's like a horse that needs to run. How do you give a horse a good night's sleep? You let it run. I sleep soundly because I let my thoughts out and I don't let them express themselves in unhealthy ways like anger or frustration or impatience. I let my thoughts express themselves on the paper. Sometimes I'll find myself with my tears dripping down on the page, just from my own thoughts. And sometimes I find myself laughing, laughing uncontrollably about thoughts that I just produced in front of me, a way of looking at the world that now suddenly was delightful and amusing. Um, I don't write every day. And at first, when I was first trying to journal, I was journaling into an app. And every time I would write for two weeks, I'd feel great. But then one day I'd stop writing, second day I hadn't written. And before you knew it, I wasn't doing it anymore. Because I noticed that every time I stopped writing, I beat myself up. I said, oh, I, I, sh- I should have I done it. You know, I had this mission. I was going to write. I was going to journal at some point today. It didn't happen in the morning. didn't happen in the evening. The whole day it haunted me. And before you knew it, I didn't do it. I ended up not writing, and I felt bad about it. I realized, hey, man, you can't surf every day. Sometimes you're not by the water. But that doesn't change that when you're by the water, you're going to surf. And so I just understood that I'm not going to beat myself up for not writing. So if you look in my diary, my journal, sometimes you see 12th of March, 13th of March. 14th of March, 14th of March, 14th of March for entries. And sometimes you see that, and then 15th of March, 16th of March, 12th of August. And you wonder, where did I go for five months? In those five months, I didn't write a word. Not a single word, and I didn't even feel bad about it. Because I truly know that writing finds me when it needs to find me. And I go through phases where I'm writing a lot, and I go through phases where I'm writing little. And I keep coming back to it. Writing is the only advice I can offer you where I'm not telling you what to do other than telling you to look at your own thoughts. The more I've written, the better I've been able to speak. When you form your thoughts in sentences that are coherent, when you try to express your ideas, you learn to express yourself more potently. And those who can write and those who can speak are those who have a leg up in whatever thing you try in the world. It feels like having a superpower. Other points of writing.
0: Write any time.
1: I write at any time of day. I don't. Write only at 7 a.m. first thing in the morning. Some people can do that. But something told me that I didn't want to know only my 7 a.m. thoughts. I wanted to know my 7 a.m. thoughts. I wanted to know my 12 p.m. Uh, thoughts after a workout. I wanted to know my afternoon thoughts after a rough day. I wanted to know my midnight thoughts after a night out. I wanted to know everything that came from me. So now I just started keeping my book. In terms of ways to spend time alone, it just meant that now someone like myself who had a lot of trouble being alone could keep myself company by writing. And I began to find incredible value in it such that I kept going and I kept coming back. I'll tell this funny story. (laughs) Uh, One of the reasons that I initially started thinking about journaling was that I had a girlfriend and um, every time I'd come out of my creative room, I'd say, so I was thinking, and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. I start telling her about all my ideas. And I, it hit me, and it I was just like overburdening her, and she was like, well, maybe you, should, maybe you should write this down. And it hit me, it's like, when I share with her all those ideas, they pass through her ears, and unless she remembers some of them, they fly away. So how can I somehow collect those things that I'm thinking and put them in a way that I can understand them a little better? Well, I write them down. And so now, for if I don't remember there's a situation that I need to understand, how was I feeling um, when I was 26? I can read what I wrote and I can enter my mind again and I can see what it was that I was feeling and I could see how far I've grown. Because we're always going through phases where now I'm feeling a little bit good about life, now I'm feeling better, now I'm feeling worse. And to understand, the writing gives me a track record of my life, a record of seeing where I went. The writing is like a therapist who doesn't need your context. I couldn't tell you the amount of times I'm writing and it's like I'm having a therapy breakthrough, you know, the type of thing where boom, oh, it all makes sense now. I can't believe I wasn't seeing that, but now it makes sense and it keeps happening. And sometimes for weeks I write garbage. God, the stuff that I can write, garbage, nonsense. But then I look back at that same writing six weeks later, two years later, I think, man, that was some pretty good writing. <laughs> And so also, you can't judge your writing in the moment because it's also a reflection of what you're feeling. Just write. I'm sure there's a bunch of points in here. But I still feel like I haven't hit it home. (laughs) Allahu Akbar. So I remember sitting having a people group of people sit around me in a circle at the Wim Hof retreat and I was just telling them all why I write. Um, it's saying it's really one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Um, m- often we get stuck in certain thought patterns and we get stuck in a place where we don't know what we think anymore. And it's kind of like having a the same old tea in your cup that never finishes because you never drink it or you never throw it out. Writing is a ma- is a process of both drinking it and throwing it out. So you can just put n- new tea in your cup, new thoughts, new ways of looking at the world, new way of understanding what's going on. It should be like why I write and why I think you should too, right? And it needs to be condensed into like a, a hard set of like, these are the great points. Like the gift of your own attention to yourself. Um, There are many ways you can spend an hour. But if I had to ask one hour of Netflix, one hour of scrolling on my phone, one hour of... um, uh, Give me something else. Playing video games. Or one hour of writing. Well, I don't watch Netflix. I barely scroll on my phone. And I don't play video games. So let me ask you, for my actions, which one does it seem felt like it was the most rewarding. Sure, video games and Netflix might be relaxing, but I can tell you that that reward I feel at the end of having written is sweeter than any reward I could have for consuming things. It puts you in the driver's seat of your life and allows you to say that I have thoughts that are my thoughts. Because then you quickly realize that if you don't process your own thoughts, your thoughts are other people's thoughts. Just the things that you've heard around you that become your thoughts and you think they're your own. (sighs) It's kind of like, it's a a lot and I'm trying to like bring it in closer, you know? You guys both write. Feel free to chime in, you know?
0: For me, it it unties my knots. The, the, the words that you said with intense fervor. Those moments are what allow you to just go through all of it. And at the end of it,
1: relax. It's off your back. It takes the thoughts from your head and puts them on the page and allows you to sleep. They've been said. And I can tell you every time you read your most shameful or embarrassing thoughts that become less embarrassing
0: it's the past it's it's uh yeah it's never as what you felt at
1: that moment uh there's this other principle i have of your mind filters your thoughts often before you can even express them it says i don't want to say that i don't want to express that for whatever reason that's wrong that's bad um by writing exactly wherever you want to go you forgo the filter you say Gnosis thing is doing a good like good writing. It's just about writing. <laughs> but I haven't made the point strong enough yet. I think, I, I, at least, I, I wonder if I want to do it in rhyme, if I want to do it in rhythm.
0: We keep going. Find it. Fee, uh, do you know the word, the phrase, Rafiq al-Darb? Rafiq al-Darb Rafiq is companion The darb is the journey This is what writing is It is your companion Of your whole journey It's the closest person to you
1: Rafiq al-Darb
0: Darb al-Urdun Trail Jordan Trail Rafiq is such a great name And word It's absolute companionship. You go together harmoniously.
1: My book is with me everywhere. Life is so beautiful and so fascinating and so interesting but also so confusing that uh, developing a little place where you can just Say the things you want to say. And if you're worried somebody's going to read your thoughts, burn them. If that gives you permission to write the thoughts you actually think, then write them and then burn them. If you want, you can put on a different type of musical energy. We can see where it takes us. Um can you put Bonito y Sabroso? I forgot the name of the Benny More More? Yeah, Benny More.
0: Yeah, I know where this is from. <laughs> That's from Cuba.
1: It's from from Fuegos
0: No, the yeah, but the this specific song. Mm-hmm like bathroom break
1: I need to inspire people to write so here's what I'll say you want to bring writing into your life but you don't think it's for you try this sit down grab a pen and paper put a notebook that you like and Block 20 minutes and say, I'm just going to write for 20 minutes. And every time you feel like you've got 20 minutes, you want to try it, you do it. You want to do it for 30 minutes, do it for 30. If you feel like you need to write longer, write longer. Stay with yourself and write about anything. Write about absolutely anything. Write about why you love your mother. Write about why you miss your brother. Write about why you like to walk barefoot. Write about why you like the smell of fresh grass. Write about what you dream about doing with your life. Write about what your parents expect of you. Write about what you really think about your education at King's Academy. I want to give you a tool that will allow you to continue learning for the rest of your life. I credit writing as the very reason that I'm able to communicate my thoughts the way I can communicate them. I feel like it's not persuasive, you know? Maybe it really should be inverse. <laughs> It's inspiring me to write a lot more. Oh, yeah?
2: Yeah, I really feel like it's... Because I sometimes... You know when you always feel like you have no thoughts and then you go down to write and you realize there's so much, but you can't... Like, I feel like the, the thoughts don't always happen at, like, the conscious level, as it were. Like, when you're thinking over them. Whereas the act of writing them down, like, forces them to become a physical thing.
1: Writing, I've heard it described as driving down a foggy road with one headlight. It says that you're going to reach so many crosses and forks in the road. But you can't think of that fork in the road until you get to it. You can't imagine the the actual position it puts you in until you're in the position. And so if you're not writing your thoughts down, you don't get to those forks. Mm. But as you keep writing, you keep having forks in the road. You keep choosing left or right or straight. You keep choosing it. You keep choosing it. Every juncture, you choose it. It's the same way branches grow. It's the same way rivers grow. It's the same way your veins grow. It's the same way roots set themselves. It's the same way ant colonies produce their lines of service, you know?
0: How mycelial nodes
1: grow. It is the way of the world. And to let your thoughts travel. You know, sometimes I'll write and I'll think, you know what? I just went down a rabbit hole. There was a thought I had a page and a half ago where I'd like to go there and take it somewhere else. And I do it. I'll draw a little arrow that signifies changing the thought, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm writing following the previous thought. Like that whole thing that I just had was just a branch that I followed. And I just follow another branch. And maybe I make a river this way. And so I'm always going whichever direction. I don't, I, I don't make paragraphs. I don't make titles. I don't say I'm writing anything. I just start asking myself questions. I start... Just thinking whatever's on my mind. And I could tell you I've never thought as deep as I I can. I cannot think as deep. Uh, if you start learning about people who wrote a lot, they, there's a consensus that emerges. They'll say it is impossible to think as deeply in your mind without writing it down. It's just impossible to hold all that information together in the sequence and the order. Not impossible. It's so much more difficult. Writing is a beautiful opportunity to grow... Um, to What was I trying to say there? To grow your thoughts? Y- you never know what you're going to get, but I think the more you write, the more you know that the place that you get stuff is writing. As Picasso says, inspiration finds you working. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't grow his muscles on the couch. He grew them in the gym. Your thoughts will all emerge when you have the pen in your hand and the paper is under it. When you go to college, when you have kids, when you're sad, when you're happy, when you're traveling, there will always be things that you want to think about and you want to understand. If you learn this earlier than I can, than I did, you will have a leg up, not a leg up,
0: you will have I
1: I don't need to tell you how valuable writing is going to be for you two years from now I just need to tell you that the surf is worth surfing all you need to do is trust me to that point to get into the writing process and trying to see if you can feel the water under your board get to that point if you haven't felt it that if you feel like you're turning back if you feel like this isn't for you it's because you haven't felt it I promise you keep going Stay there. No distractions. Put your phone away. Turn it off. Put it on. Do not disturb. Twenty minutes. Be alone with it. Thirty minutes. One hour. Choose the time. For me, I don't time it, but intuitively, my writing sessions last one hour. That's just about the wave of my energy. The way the inspiration travels to something high, and then it dips, and at the end, just about one hour. And I have only a couple of those in me each day. Sometimes I can write all day because you can also really force it if you need to, and you're gonna go through a lot of like dips, but it'll rise eventually. The more you write, the better you get at it. The more you write, the 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 deeper you go into your own thoughts. And you can just pick up exactly where you left off without like the previously in Rob's mind.
0: Maybe the fact that they don't o- d- you know that l- not all of the write, so the net uh, gain of this speech.
1: Be- when you start writing a lot, there's something magical that happens. We all begin to reach similar conclusions. You know how they say that people, things make sense for them much more. The really important things in life become present to them or apparent to them when they start facing their own death. What it says is that there are some things that we as human beings know to be true. And sometimes it just takes living to reach that point. And sometimes the act of actively thinking about it allows you to get there faster. Well, what do I mean by there? That place that says that family is the most important. The place that says, or that, that family and health, that, the health or the, that saying that you love your family, telling your loved ones that you loved, one, loved them, taking good care of your physical body, which will be the machine that takes you through your entire life, especially as it degrades, as you age. Spending quality time with friends and making time to spend time with those friends. Being fully present in family life without any kind of distractions that take you away from it. All of these truths come to you when you start thinking about them. They will appear to you as self-evident. You build a roadmap for your mind of the things that you believe and the things that you think. And you also allow yourself to see that, you know, three, year, three years ago, my God, the types of stuff that I was saying. If, the, if three years ago, I think the stuff was really stupid what I'm saying... Maybe it means that three years from now, I'm going to think that today's words are stupid. And it humbles you into realizing I never have the answer to everything, but I'm always at least asking questions. It's also something to do, you know? It's just a fun it's thing a to do. H- you made to be active. Yeah, you know, I get to, like, I, if I'm doing a lot of writing, even if I'm not accomplishing much in my life, I feel like, you know, I'm doing a lot of writing. I get to feel good about myself. You always get that feeling where you're sitting in a public place writing and you know that people are looking at you thinking, what's that person writing about? You know? Why does that person have all those thoughts? Why am I sitting on my phone? Why am I just, like, consuming when they're producing? You want to have great business ideas? Well, I can tell you, they happen when you start writing. You want to learn answers to questions that you didn't know you could answer? Well, it happens when you start writing.
0: You can learn eloquence, and confidence in your words.
1: The irony, of course, is that as much as I write, whenever I deliver speeches, I barely, I basically improvise the whole thing because I've grown so distant to like writing finished things (laughs) 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 that I kind of, I think I went too far down the rabbit hole of writing, (laughs) at least in this format. I became, uh, I felt too comfortable just writing whatever I thought that I stopped stopping myself and say, Rob, try and write quality sentence by sentence, you know? And sometimes you can do that too. Where else can we take this? What are, you guys, what are you guys thinking?
2: I'm seeing many different colors inside of my vision. <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen a lot more recently. Like when I was looking at the ground, usually it's just kind of the same base color, but I was getting this like thick pink cloud that was like spreading out across my whole vision. For some reason, I'm seeing many, many more colors. Maybe it's just a more of a meditative mind space. 'Cause I feel like all these things I've been listening to is things I need to integrate. And it's I don't know, my mind feels very peaceful right now. And yep. I'm enjoying the colours
1: and the <laughs> sounds. <laughs> nice. Like, I have convinced a couple people in my life or persuaded a couple people in my life to pick up writing. I'm trying to think like what is the way that I've done that? You know? What are the things that I impress upon them that make it so inevitably obvious that Like, you know, writing is like a a therapist, right? But the problem with your therapist is that you pay them a lot of money for a fixed amount of time. I've seen a lot of people, they start having a panic attack or whatever, and then they think, I have to call my therapist. But then the therapist is not on the line. And what happens is that they develop, they start becoming reliant on somebody else who really can't be there for you 24 hours a day. But you know who can be there for you 24 hours a day? You. If I found in my book, it's somebody who listens to me. So if I'm not feeling very good, I'll go and write. And immediately I loosen up and I feel better. If I don't know which way to decide for something, I'll just write it all out, see what I think. And inevitably I always kind of end up realizing the thing that I need to realize. What else can I even add? You know, I feel like there's enough in there for just to listen back to. And just like start writing with. Yeah. I feel like I need to sit and And then after that you'll reach.
0: There's a lot. There were really good stuff at the beginning of the riff or this whole thing.
2: Yeah, I too will listen through to it again. What? I need to listen to it a few times. All the stuff that's been said today. Because I feel like it's very much... Because my writing is kind of sporadic. I want it to be more of a regular practice.
1: Uh, This is this is good material it helps to become casual about writing you know to, to, to say like you know what i got 20 minutes let me just pick it up pick up my book and write you're at the bus stop take it out I c- if i can write for five minutes i'll write for mm. five minutes you're between your friends i just pick up my book and start writing people understand it and i let the sort of the the, the spontaneity of my social interactions feed my writing you know i'm out to dinner with my friends everybody's having a nice conversation i want to l- take a step back i feel the, the urge the impetus to write i just write I have a boring moment in the dentist's waiting room. I write. Mm. Yeah, I like how you were
2: saying as well about you are saying like whenever you feel the urge to grab your phone and scroll or something, you just replace that with the journal. It's just that urge. So you can have it throughout the day whenever you, whenever you have a, a moment where you want some kind of stimulation or something. Just reach for your journal instead.
1: The thing about the stimulation the phone gives you is that you get cold. Like the warmth it gives you goes cold as soon as you put it away. In fact, colder than when you started. But the warmth that writing gives you is an accumulative warmth. Because you write and you keep writing and it keeps warming you. It keeps giving you like a lasting sensation of warmth. And that cold only really returns after a period where the writing wears off. Right? Oh, it's been a long time since I've done it. I'm beginning to feel confused again. I'm beginning to feel like I don't know what I think. I kind of don't know what's going on. As soon as I write, it kind of calms that again. But you have to be careful as well. At least to know that you're not going to solve all your problems immediately when you start riding. Um, the analogy I use is like, um, it's like a s- you are in a sailboat with a, a sail that was kind of tied through your youth and all the competing influences of your youth. And in some way it's sort of catching the wind. It's g- taking you one way or the other, but um, you didn't tie it and you don't really decide where your boat goes. When you start looking inwardly, you start untying a lot of these knots. And what first starts happening to the sails, it starts catching the wind like crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And that is a place where you really have to kind of hold steady and you have to somehow keep going. But at some point, once you've untied all the knots, now suddenly your boat stays static. for Unless there's major wind happening and major waves, of course. But your boat just stays there. And what you feel is the wind. Now, f- for the first time, you'll be able to actually feel that the wind is trying to push you in a certain way. And all you have to do is hoist your sails to let the wind take you where it goes. And you begin to find that once you start living with the rhythm of the wind that way, feeling that place where you want to go, you find yourself um, much more comfortable with everything that you are. <sighs> I feel like there's some 10, ten points in there at least not a huge amount of time so i should probably just like listen back to it i can view it, i can export it if you want to listen back to it and take your own notes yeah i think it's we a can, it's kind of a good subject we for all post of us to reflect on you know i think all of us will emerge writing Absolutely. more as a result of it and um if we feel the need that after we reflect on it to come back and like talk about our reflections we can do that uh i'm getting to the point where i feel like i well anyway, let me just see how I get to to in the next two and a half hours. And um we'll just go from there, right? I think so well. All right.
0: And stop.